0: Welcome, welcome. This is Talking to the Internet. Today it's my privilege to have Jay Miller on the show. Jay is a developer. He's a developer advocate, and he's the host of Conduit on Relay FM. Hey Jay. Thanks for being here.
1: I I am pumped. Longtime listener, first time caller. Um, happy that I finally made it to the big leagues and, and
0: uh-huh. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hardly the big leagues. Hardly the big leagues. But we are gonna start the show back up, so that's pretty exciting.
1: You, you know, one of the things that I, I love is there are for people like in podcasting, everything is relative. And like, I, I treat everything as if it were like, this, uh, this is my one shot. This is the mom spaghetti moment. Like I'm here to, I'm here to like crush it on stage and, and just like totally rock this interview and treat it as if I'm on like Saturday night live.
0: See, so you know, what changed my mind on that is, um, Quinn Rose, right. I had her on the show and, uh, when Quinn was on the show, um, she talked about making the video about Relay FM and how that kind of spurred her and launched, you know, into um, what, kind of her having her own shows and things like that, and it's like, that's really, it, it ties into what you're saying there because it's like, you never know what that one video you're gonna make is gonna do and where it's gonna take you, so that's, that's cool. I, I think I like that approach to, to doing these things. Let's get started with your story. Right? Like, let's get started with how, you know, the show is about talking to the Internet. The show is about um, why you have chosen to communicate with the Internet. So first things first is how and why did you get started?
1: So for me, a lot of it was, you know, growing up, I listened to a lot of NPR. Uh, Some of it was forced. Uh, Thanks, grandfather. Uh, (laughs) You know, but... (laughs) You know i i grew into it myself and and really enjoyed it and you know growing up it was like listening to radio djs and most of them being like interviews being like news interviews I, i i thought to myself wow it'd be really cool to be like a reporter or specifically someone who like did like radio interviews with people and It was funny because I didn't really watch talk shows. I thought they were boring, but like Ira Glass talking about some topic, you know, that's, that's the limelight, you know, that's the highlight of my days. But I, I later on realized that for me, it wasn't necessarily about talking. It was more about having those conversations. And for a long time all i wanted to do was build a community around the things that i wanted to talk about like not not for any particular like oh you know come listen to jay talk about being productive or whatever but like it was like no i wanted to spark a conversation and have people come back and go hey that one thing you said you know have you thought about this or have you done this other thing and you know the internet made a a perfect place for that because obviously that's where all the people are and you can find your little you know I don't want to throw buzz marketing out and say your tribe but you can find like your your group of people the people that have the same affinities as you um, even at a micro level uh, one of the things we'll probably talk about is I do a lot of stuff and that means I have like a bunch of micro communities that I'm a part of And it's cool when you start to see one, like learn about another one and then to be that friendly face in the room, be like, oh, hey, yeah, you're into, you know, Tetris or bowling as well. Like, cool. Let's, you know, let's chat and catch up and learn, learn more about this. Uh, So, so really it, it was a strive to, I guess, make friends, but to make friends that were specifically the, the same type of productivity, love and multi potentialitic weirdos that I am you know
0: <laughs> okay okay hold on hold on so you said a word there that in the last week or two I've heard this word probably 15 times and I never knew what this word meant I have actually have never heard this word but this multi-potentialite right like can you ra- unwrap multi-potentialite for those of us who weren't familiar with this until right now
1: so a multi-potentialite um I first heard it from the book uh probably my favorite book Uh, which I'm looking at through the mirror right now, which is how to be everything the guide for people who still don't know what they want to be when they grow up by Emily Wapnick. And the, the idea of a multi potentialite or a multipod is someone that has multiple, I don't want to say like multiple fascinations and, and to a point that it's like, if I did this as a career, I would be happy with it. And a lot of folks think of this as like renaissance artists. When I think of like two of the people that I would classify as like a great example of a multi-potentialite, um, that would be someone like Donald Glover or Janelle Monet. You know, Donald Glover, someone who has won Grammys, has, won, I mean, I think he's a, a play away from an EGOT at this point. Like he's, he's played in, on the big screen, on the small screen, um, mm-hmm. He has put out albums, you know, he's been a writer, a comedian, an actor. Uh, same thing for Janelle Monet, like being able to make music and not just make one style of music, but to do multiple different things on top of acting and on top of, you know, having an affinity of I'm going to do the things that I'm passionate about at a level that's professional uh, and for me, that is like being a professional podcaster, you know, someone who, who makes money doing podcasting, being someone who has made money doing YouTube videos or or coaching and development and marketing even, like all of these things are things that are interesting to me and that I could do just those things and, and make some form of career out of. But the thing that makes me me is that I do all of them. And I do all mm, of them at a mm. level that is like it's a small job. Everything that I do is like a small job in those areas.
0: Yeah, so how do you how do you not burn out with that?
1: So there there's a few strategies and I'm not gonna, you know, quote the entire book, um, but one of the things that they talk about um, or that Emily talks about in the book is the idea of doing things as they pique your interest or as they as they come up um and often it means not doing things at a level of you know you're making your entire career off of one thing or even finding roles that allow you to do a little bit of everything some of the time which you know mm-hmm. being a developer advocate that's one of the things I like about it is I get to go on stage and give presentations about technical topics or topics that I'm interested in that spark conversations I get to use my video skills to do video interviews with people in the tech space. And ultimately, when, you know, my colleagues have a question about like, hey, you know, what if we were to do a podcast about something like I can I can look at that whole idea of podcast production and be the subject matter expert in the room for that. And the things that I don't get out of my day job, like I don't get to talk about all the different automation tools that I love tinkering with. So then I do that on my own channel. And, you know, when we talk about stuff on Conduit, Conduit is a very unique show in that it talks about productivity while being extremely vague and extremely lighthearted, you know, so it's it's a, a place where people can go and, and enjoy themselves and listen in and share ideas. And we're kind of being a Conduit, passing that information to a larger audience but it's it's a place where that is a thing that I want to do and the thing that Kathy and I both said we really want to do, but we didn't have anywhere else where we were already doing that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so this concept's really interesting to me um, because I don't think I'd have ever, I, I didn't know the word, right? Like I didn't know the phrase, I didn't know the word, um, but it's it, it resonates with the fact that i I feel scattered at times because I want to dip my toe into a bunch of different waters because I want to learn because I want to talk to people in that community because I want to, you know, do different things there. And it's a really interesting package to process that stuff. And it's like, Oh, you're not just some crazy, unfocused, you know, person. It's no, like you're just interested in a lot of different things and that's how your brain works and that's okay. Like you don't have to be that. And, and the reason I say it's really interesting to me is because, you know, I, I came from grad school And grad school, I mean, you know, it's particularly at the at the doctoral level, you dig deep into one area, almost to an annoying, like overly crazy focus, because that's what you have to do in order to get that that credential. And it's like my brain always wrestled with that. You know, I remember talking to my wife about it, and it's like I feel like I'm going crazy because all I do is I wake up every morning for eight hours a day, I think about this one thing. And it's really, really kind of like grating on me and it's really tra- challenging. So I love this idea, this multi-potential. It's a very, very, very cool. So, you know, podcasting is one of those things, right? Like this is talking to the internet. So talk to me about how you got started, you know, talking to the internet. Was it, was it written first? Was it audio first? Was it YouTube first? Like what was your first foray into, into this?
1: It, it actually was written first. There was a a project that I was doing that's no longer on the internet for good reasons um, called keeping junk (laughs) managed. Um, My, my initials are KJM. So I was like, you know, Hey, if I'm going to do something, I'll use my initials. So KJM, keeping junk managed. It was like a, I, I am not in the productivity world. I'm not a fan of the idea of GTD. um, And that that's a conversation for a different show. Um, But I, I was in a situation where I had just gotten out of the military. I was transitioning from basically being told all the things that I needed to do to being told none of the things that I needed to do and having responsibilities. I was a new husband, um, a newly private citizen, and needed a way to understand how to best do my work. And at the time, I I had just learned about like the Eisenhower matrix of like, you know, do, delegate, delete, and defer, you know. And mm-hmm. from there, it was like, oh, this is really cool. I wonder, you know, if anyone else knows, you know, how many other people out there know about this stuff? And, you know, I am I was a system administrator at the time, so I was really thinking about how do, how do you make that determination when you're working on a help desk? And it's like, oh, only check your email once a day. And it's like, well, if I do that, I get fired. Like, you know, how do you how do you defer tasks that you're beholden to other people? And it's like, well, you can't. So, you know, let's, let's throw an automation into there. So it's four D's and an A apparently. Um, and at (laughs) at that point it was like, well, if I'm doing this, obviously there's, I'm, I'm not finding any information on how do I automate while also like doing it in a productive manner when you can't just tell people no. And, I was like, well, I'm going to write about this. And I wrote about it for a little bit. And it was it was ambitious for like a 23 year old who had never like been in the real world and didn't know anything about anything. But at the same time, that ambition is kind of what took it from I'm going to write these blog posts to I'm going to create content and have conversations with people, because what I noticed was I would write something and like one or two people would say something. And it was like that was it, like, hey, good job. I really love this topic. and. Okay, well, let's let's talk about it. And and no one really wanted to. It was they just wanted to, you know, give me a thumbs up on Facebook or whatever. And from there, it was like, no, I, I need more. I, I want more conversation. So I turned it into like a, a podcast because at the time I was heavily listening into listening to podcasts. I still am. Um, but from there, it just became, well, do the radio thing. Do the do the thing where you're the person talking on the radio having a conversation where you're diving deep into topics that are interesting to you and people can't just give you a thumbs up because they're on the line with you having this
0: conversation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it w- was this the pit show
1: this was yeah this was uh, originally it was called productivity in tech or pit for short um and yeah it started out just the productivity in tech podcast and i was it was very app heavy at the beginning and it it grew and grew and you know people really liked it and I got tired of talking about apps. (laughs)
0: Okay, Okay. that
1: makes sense. And a lot of things happened, and I got older and more jaded at the productivity world, I guess. And we stopped. I stopped talking about the apps and started talking more about the processes because I realized at some point, the app itself didn't matter. You know, Mm -hmm. you could do essentially if you work hard enough you can basically do whatever system and whatever app they give you it just for some reasons you may not want to do it in certain apps um Mm -hmm. so for me it became less about the how you're doing it and more about the why you're doing it and from there two things happened one i started having more fun i became more attached to my project and my listenership drastically fell because people were just searching for that one app that would uh, you know solve all their problems
0: wow, so that's that's got to be tough, right? Like you know as you refine more and as you get more focused into something that you're i don't know if enjoying is the right word, but like you're resonating with more, the listenership drops. like how does that make I mean, how do you process that?
1: um with a lot of anxiety. <laughs> Um, okay. I, okay.
0: That's reasonable. Yeah.
1: I, I will say there was there was a depression that that came about that um, it was pretty rough. the The biggest thing for me was what I was hearing was people wanted to have authentic conversations and improve their productivity, and what I was seeing was. People wanted a solution that would solve their problems and not really wanting to have a conversation about them. Uh, yeah, and yeah. it made me, in in most cases, of, of someone who has anxiety, it makes me start to think there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with the way that I'm doing it. And it was interesting because the people that I interviewed became friends like all like I mean probably with like an 85 percent you know rate like people (laughs) that I interviewed quickly became my friends and it was weird because eventually the opposite started happening I would like interview somebody and they would go I've been listening to your show for like two years I really love what you're doing and I'm like that's weird because I didn't think anybody listened to my show anymore. And, you know, you start, ha- you start finding the people that you really, like, you found the thing that you wanted to do. You found the thing that you were trying to do from the beginning. And mm. it just took, you know, six years to do it. And, and, you know, sometimes that's hard to deal with. Um, being a parent now, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like teach my daughter patience and like the idea of like, hey, if you don't do this thing now, we'll do a bigger thing later. And I see the impatience that she has. I Mm -hmm. see a lot of myself in there because in my mind, it was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this YouTube thing because that's where the audience is. And no, that's not where the audience is. Okay, I'm going to go do a newsletter because that's where the audience is. No, that's not it either. Okay, well, I'm going to go back to YouTube or I'm going to keep a blog or I'm going to you know pivot the podcast or spin off another podcast and and do all these things when really the the idea of conduit now is very much the original envisioning that I had but refined over several years and understanding my weaknesses and understanding the places that I wanted to avoid helped made the show better, but also it also gave me kind of the inspiration to say, hey, I don't want to do this alone. So that way now I always have a co-host and I always have a conversation. And it's like I'm having the a different conversation with the same person. And it's in a space where now more people are listening and more people are, are talking so we've become the show where it's like we do a show we go into the discord and then we talk for hours about the thing that we just did which is like exactly what we were hoping for like six years ago
0: okay so let me let me interject here for a second because i have to put in a plug for y'all so so this the show he's talking about right now is called conduit it's on relay fm's network so um, if you go to the Conduit page on Relay FM, you can join and become a member, right, to their show and support their show specifically. But the thing he's talking about with the Discord, it's pretty unbelievable, right? Like, so I was never a part of – I was never a member of Relay shows. I've listened to Relay forever, but I was never a member. And primarily it was because I listen when I'm running or I'm driving the car or something like that. And I was, ne- I was never in a place where I could just quickly go over and do the thing, right, like to to do the membership. So it was more – inconvenience than it was not wanting to do it. Well, I did it recently and the discord is incredible. Like in conduit, the people in there with conduit, like it's awesome. It's so, it's so fun to be in a community. And even if I don't care about every topic that's discussed, 90% of them I'm interested in, like it's interesting. I'm getting people's perspectives on it. So if that sounds cool to you, if that sounds interesting to you, I highly recommend check out, um, Jay and Kathy's page, check out the conduit page, sign up as as a member for them he didn't ask me to do this trust me that was not he had no idea i was going to do this but it's like it's it's really valuable it's really really cool so you're you're moving now you're doing the show and it's it's you and kathy talking maybe a guest right and then you continue that conversation into into the discord what in your mind what value does that broader community bring into the way you talk to the internet, how you talk to the internet, what you say to the internet?
1: I think in, in many ways it has, it's changed. You know, I've, I've been sitting here waxing poetic about this is the exact show that I wanted, but the conversations mostly come from the community so instead of me having to think about a thing that i did and like oh wow how am i going to turn that into a topic it's like i now have a running list of conversations that people have have wanted us to talk about and really the show itself like we one of the jokes that that came out at the beginning um just even in planning the show was I like Kathy saying, I want to do a show that the productivity channel now known now known as the break room, um, slash systems and themes because we're a chaotic group and had to they couldn't contain us all in one channel so they had to to give us two Um, that was
0: confusing by the way there was a learning curve i I didn't understand that at all but then i finally so
1: funny enough i wasn't i wasn't privy to this change uh when it happened (laughs) so there was there was a lot of conversation that happened there was a a chaotic ploy of you know what if if they want all the chaos to be consumed in one room fine. We'll bring the chaos. And like, we let chaos rain for like two or three days and it was just wild. And then we all had a laugh about it. And then now everything's kind of back to normal. Um, But like the whole idea was we like Kathy wanted to do a productivity show and I'll, you know, interview her and and she'll explain that, that part. Um, I was doing a productivity show and was like, I'm kind of done with this the way that it is. And when we got together and and talked about this idea, Kathy was like, I want to do a show that all of the conversation that I hear in the productivity channels and discord are about. And because you have so many people doing so many different things in so many different ways, like it just naturally became adopted to literally someone putting in the chat of like, I feel like conduit is just a continued conversation of what's happening in the discord. And I was like, you know that's actually a really great way to label that so in some ways we wound up changing it up and making it more about the community itself and that's when we started doing the of the show so uh one of the inside jokes there is uh you can easily get your own of the show nickname all you have to do is declare it you can say i am the whatever whatever of the show and we will respect that we have a friend of the show we have a friend of the show down under who lives in Australia. We have a blue dragon of the show, a book dragon of the show, um, a conductor of the show, which is kind of funny because we call people who send us connections conductors. Um, So it, it, you know, it it gets wild, but it becomes a giant inside joke and, and a lot Mm -hmm. of fun. And I mean, to me, like I never thought I would have a a successful show that was just basically inside jokes and like cracking limp, like, you know, weird like statements that make no sense to people who aren't a part of the community unless they've been listening since like you know unless they listen to a bunch of episodes I guess but it it changed that we don't we still talk about productivity but that's no longer what the show is really about the show is more of checking in with our friends even though we can talk to them in discord any other day but doing it in like a in a verbal and like a intentional way so that you know, if someone says, Hey, I need help being accountable for this. It's like, Hey, congratulations. Now there are thousands of people who have heard you're trying to do this. And our hope is that, you know, that encourages that person to do whatever it is they're trying to do. And then when they come back and say, Hey, you know, I icon did it, which, you know, we like puns. Um, mm-hmm. they say we con did it. And I'm like, yes, like, and, we celebrate and like we celebrate in the discord we celebrate on the show like and and we made this promise to ourselves that like we're going to read all the connections and luckily that hasn't been a problem that hasn't been like a a weird scaling issue but you know if we do ever get to that problem these are good problems to have so i welcome
0: absolutely them. Yeah. yeah so so there's a couple different things right you talk about it being the like it's kind of one recurring or one long form inside joke right and I'm thinking to myself, like, that's what happens in real life. Like when we get to know each other, you know, and we're hanging out and we hang out, you know, every week or whatever it is. At some point, the group hanging out becomes just like, hey, did you do that thing the other day? And then you, you know, you crack a joke and it's like, that's what community is in my mind. Like that's a big piece of what community is and why you like to go back to that thing is because they know you, they'll ask those questions. They'll, they'll make those little jabs that are, that everybody thinks funny and it's like it's really cool to see that happening in a non face to face mechanism and to see it like because right now I'm, I'm very much like watching it like, uh, you know, I'm watching it through the text to go down the screen and I'm trying to pick up on what's happening and who's talking to who and why they're talking that like why they're saying that thing or talking that way. And it's really, really cool to see it done in an authentic way in a digital in a digital context. I want to ask you, though go back. So I don't like to talk about like microphones and computer setups and stuff like this on the show. This is not a, how does the tech come together? What I do love to talk about though, is how did you and Kathy come together? Like, what is that story that you went? Cause you, are you doing the pit show? Like, like when did the pit show end and when did conduit begin?
1: So the last pit show episode, I mean, technically the, the feed is still out there. If you want to go back, there's, there's a few seasons that are available. All six years of it are, I think, are available on the Internet Archive uh, somewhere. So you've got to do your work if you really want to go back through all of that. (laughs) And that's probably for good reason. Uh, Some of those shows were like now I listen to it. I'm like, ooh, I don't I don't like that. Um, But the last the last pit show that I did was actually with Kathy. And it was us just talking about what happened at this past WWDC and, and it, it was it was very much a, you know, we're just going to do a show. Like, it's a whatever-whatever thing. And more than anything, I wanted people to hear Kathy's voice because I had known Kathy for some time, but I I don't think I'd ever interviewed her for the show. And I wanted to be able to let people, like, okay, hear this voice, under know who it is because it's going to be more important in the future. And at that point, we had already been planning to do... Um, a show together. And basically, I got to the point where I knew Pitt was coming to an end. I knew like at this point, and, and I guess, you know, going way back talking about multipotentialism and all that stuff, part of burning out like it still happens. You just stop doing the thing and then eventually Mm -hmm. you just start doing it again or maybe it you know They call it like the phoenix method where it's like you do a thing not necessarily burn yourself out on it But you get tired of doing that thing you stop doing that thing and you rise out of the ashes as a new thing Um, and you can like that's a another option. So for me. I had Stopped the pitch show. This was the third time. I had stopped it And I was like i'm not doing it again. To be fair, like I did a whole postmortem on my blog that was like, here are lessons learned from doing a show from six years. And like one of the first lessons was you should have kept it dead the first time Um, and just done something different, you know, done done. It could have even have been the same show, but under a different name. But there was a whole lot of logistics that became a problem after a while. So anyway, you know, I was I, I kind of knew what show I wanted. I wanted a productivity show, but I wanted it under a new name. I wanted it under a new light. And I wanted a co-host. That was like the biggest thing was there had to be a co-host because I was tired of having to find people to interview all the time. And like I said, I had gotten to the point where I was interviewing people who knew who I was, knew you know what I was about and all that stuff. So I was like, I want to have a conversation with a friend. And I had like a list of like 10 people that I was interested in doing a show with. And Kathy was on that list because I had known what she does. And for those that don't know Kathy Campbell, she's the the business unicorn of the internet. If you have a problem in your business and you don't know how like you wanna get it fixed, if you're a small business owner, give Kathy a call, check out her website because she's amazing. Yeah. And like, I actually wanted to hire her. At this point I had made Pit a business and like I was doing like marketing stuff for people, editing other people's podcasts and I was like, Maybe, maybe I want to do this as my own business, but I need to focus on it. But the pit show wasn't it. I knew that wasn't it. So like having someone who had to be productive, like her job is to be productive for other people. Um, So I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to have that conversation, you know, with her and I had reached out to a few other people. I'm not gonna name them, but they probably blew us into this show. So hi, um, and they know. They know. Like you know, we we joke about it all the time. Like oh yeah, we do. We still talk. And I was like, you know, this could have been conduit. You know that, right? Um, so yeah, yeah. But uh, Kathy tweeted like the same day that I had sent a t- I had sent a tweet out about like, hey, I'm thinking about getting a co-host for the show or whatever. Anyone interested? Like hit me up. And. Kathy was like, I'm really thinking about starting a productivity podcast to share some of the stuff that I've learned, having to use like all of these different systems, hating all of them, but also having to be productive anyway. And I was like, so you just got bumped up all the way to the top of the list. Yeah, and like, exactly. we, need to, we need to make this thing happen. And, you know, we demoed the thing for about six months. Like it was, it was a good minute. Like we, we, I think we did. We didn't know we were going to be on relay. Like the idea of being on relay, like it was a thought. It was like, Hey, do you think relay would take this show? And then we we said, all right, we're going to make two plans. We're going to make the with relay and without relay plan. And if it was without relay, we were just going to be independent, produce our own thing, spin up a Patreon, spin up a discord, do all that stuff. Um, And, you know, we demoed, we did a demo episode, we sent it to a couple of people, we sent, we sent one to Mike, I was a part of Mike's um, podcast mentorship group that he does. And I was like, Hey, what do you think of this? And he was like, it's great. Here's some things, you know, to fix. Then we did another demo. What do you think of this? Oh, yeah, no, this is this is really coming together. I really like the vibe that you have with Kathy. Oh, cool. Great. By the way, do you think that this could be a relay show? Not like, does it want to be, or does it like we we need it to be? It's like, we want to pitch this to you as like, do you think this would be a relay show? And, you know, Mike was like, let me take a listen to it. You know, we normally are not looking to add new shows Yeah, yeah and yeah. he did that whole thing. And he was like, all right, send me a couple more demos. We did more demos and then we were like, all right, I think we've got it. We do all the other stuff and then conduit became a thing and the show that it was on episode one is very much not the show that it is today. And it just kind of evolved. So I was,
0: I was wondering that yeah. like, are the, are the shows you did for the demo? I'm sure the ideas and the content might've transferred over, but did any of those actual shows transfer over?
1: I think we read, we re-recorded the first, so episode one, I think we did episode one, three times. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, And that, I think that's probably why, you know, some of the inside jokes, you know, the first thing we do is we make up our own productivity, productivity methodologies every time. And we do it because we think it's funny, because it's like, eh, you know, people have these these grand ideas of like, oh, you know, GTD and inbox zero. And so we're like yeah i call mine the silk sonic method because it reminds me of that one song by you know anderson (laughs) pack and bruno mars and and people are like that's goofy and i love it and then we encourage people to come up with their own and we came up with the tire the the tired you know technology for decision making so
0: okay 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 permission to speak freely can i can i can i talk about the tire method talk about the tire method i love it i want to call it the right method Right, because it's a decision-making thing, and if I go through that method, I have the right to make a decision. Or like R I T E. My problem is, is the definition of right is more of like a ceremony. It's less like the right R I G H T. So it's like I almost sent you all that message like four times, you know, with question mark my conduit. I was like, why don't why do we call it the R I T E method instead of the tire method? And I was like, don't do that. That's messed up. Like, <laughs> no, <that's>, you <laughs> that, like. I was like, that's ca- that's totally messed up. Like, don't don't squash it. You know, don't like put that shadow in I've there.
1: joked so many times that like I needed an S and it would have been the Tetris method.
0: I know. So <laughs> like
1: and and for those that don't know me, I have a massive love for Tetris. I literally have Tetris on like a television beh- like in front of me. I'm not playing, but like I'm looking at the last game that I played just because I I didn't want to turn off my TV, I don't know. Um but no, like the the thing we like about the tire method was that it needed to be a cycle mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the idea of and by the way tire stands for um time intuition resources and energy um and the the idea of that is we wanted to use words that you could vocalize and when someone is like wanting you to make a decision you could say you know i, I don't think i have the time for that uh, my intuition says that you know it's not fully well formed or at the moment I just don't have the energy uh, to take on a new project or, you know, you know, you could, you could basically use the words and the thing I like about it is because I can use the words and they're just words that I would normally use in making a decision. It, it like pings me and I go, Oh, I need to use the tire method here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Let me, let me, let me tire this out really quick. Uh, And, and, and you, you constantly go in cycles and, it's a continuous process. And, and that's kind of how I knew Pitt was coming to an end, even before Tire existed. It was like, I I knew that I wanted to do a thing, but I didn't, but my intuition was that Pitt was gone. Like Pitt was just not itself. It wasn't there anymore. And I had energy to do a show. And I I like had this idea of like, you know, my intuition says, if I have a co-host, it'll be regular. We won't skip weeks, things like this. So like a lot of this was, it existed before it existed. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, so that's the podcasting space, right? Like um, talk to me about your YouTube stuff, right? Like, so what's, what's your drive behind YouTube? What, how does that scratch a niche that podcasting doesn't or it scratches it differently? Like what, What's, what's going on there?
1: YouTube is a series of experiments. Um, it is, it is 100% like I, I want a space to do things that don't impact, uh, my brand, I guess, as a human being. And (laughs) it's kind of funny because I had, I had been on YouTube for years, um, And a lot of it was like, oh, productivity and focusing on that and doing this thing. And I I think I'd gotten like, I think I got pit to like the pit YouTube channel to like two or 300 subscribers over like three or four years. And it was just like, just basically just reposting the podcast out and little stuff that I did when I was younger. And in my head, I was like, I, I can't remember what it was. The first video was like, it was something with craft and like I was, we were using craft for the show. I was using craft for a project that didn't, that I wound up not releasing uh, with some other friends. And like, I was heavy into craft at the time. And I was like, I want to talk about this nerd thing, but I can't do it on pit because we don't talk about apps. I can't do it on conduit because we don't talk about apps, you know, all this stuff. I was like, I want to talk about this app somewhere. So, you know, I, I just went on, my YouTube channel and it's like, all right, cool. We're going to talk about, you know, bullet journaling with craft. And, you know, it was, it's, it's not designed for me to be like the next productivity YouTube channel. That's not it, but it's more of like, here are some quirky tips that I, I deploy kind of like my original blog. Like here, are just some, some little things that I do that, you know, make me a little bit more productive. And the funny thing is people think about the, my YouTube channel. I've done more video stuff for other channels than my own. Like my channel is the, the least popular of all the stuff that I've done.
0: Yeah. So, so why, and this is going to sound overly aggressive and I don't mean it that way, but it's like, I can't think of a, a cleaner or a, like, why take all that on all that effort? Right? like, cause, like, to record a video and to do it well, you know, what I mean, it's it's a lot of work, and then you got to get it up onto YouTube and all that stuff. Like, why take on all that effort um if you, admittedly, and correct me where I'm wrong, because like, if you're admittedly like, I'm not that worried about it becoming insanely popular. I really just want to explore this thing.
1: I mean, it's 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 a muscle. Like, a, as a as a developer advocate, like, our big thing, the big thing that we've been known for for so long is like. You go on stage and you give a talk, and uh-huh. you know I don't I don't know if if you live on Earth or not, but um, we've kind of been <laughs> on <think> lockdown <laughs> for the last couple of years, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so we haven't really been able to to get up on stage and give a talk. Uh, so one of the things that we've done now is a lot of companies are pivoting, and a lot of companies are like, "Hey, live streaming is a thing. Hey, making content for YouTube is a thing." Um, personal brands and I, I mean I have friends that are developer advocates where all they do are make TikToks all day and I'm like that sounds absolutely terrible but they're really good at it so for mm-hmm, me it mm-hmm. became unless I'm going to sit there and podcast about stuff at work all the time which there's a lot of stuff that is involved with that I was like I need to do something else and being able to make video content, being able to edit my own content meant that I get to, I got to control my voice. I got to make sure that what I did and what I wanted to go out is what went out. But also it gave me a value in the industry. You know, I, I've made money off of podcasting for several years, but it was never like enough to live off of. And when I started and I became an advocate, it was the, the tiny experiments that I had done on YouTube. It was the podcast that I had basically been doing for free, you know, for years on end that made me a, a good candidate for the role. So it's funny. I got my first like making a living because of podcasting came in a role where I don't do podcasting. And I mean, that's why I put in the effort was because it makes me valuable to my employers, but it also gives me a place to like, again, I can, I could just make YouTube videos about work, but that sounds boring. Like I'm going to make YouTube videos about stuff that I'm interested in and that I think is fun.
0: Well, and, and, and I think there's a lot to that, right? So, you know, writing, I think of writing as an extension of thinking, right? So. I can think through a thing and think through a thing and then I write it down and I think through it slightly differently or I structure the argument differently or something like that. I can see the same thing with, being, with YouTube um, or a podcast where you're having a conversation with somebody. It's, it's I'm gonna think about it differently when I have to actually verbally express it. I'm gonna have to think it, about it differently when I actually have to talk to somebody about how I'm crafting the bullet journal in craft. Sorry for the double word, but (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to think about it differently and that's going to help refine me. And then there's the added icing on the cake that is, oh, and by the way, I'm developing a portfolio, which significantly helps me in, in other portions of, of what I do. So that's, yeah, that's cool. I like it. I like that.
1: And you'd be surprised that like just a level of comfort, like the, and the ability to bring comfort out into other people makes doing what I do I guess a unique skill set cuz anyone can get up and just talk about a thing, but if you have someone that is, you know, camera shy or, you know, is worried about the YouTube part or is worried about like, hey, who's going to hear this? How many, you know, what are people going to say about my crazy antics? And it's like, wait a minute. Why don't why doesn't Jay talk to them? Because if anything, Jay's psycho (laughs) and like, I can, I can put anyone at ease. Well, well, if this guy makes a living doing this, I can just relax. And, and, and that is very much, um, we, we talk about the idea of like personas. Like I play personas of different types of individuals when I'm creating content. And sometimes that is the, I'm going to be the, you know, talk show host or whatever or i'm going to be the the comedian or i mean i've done shows where i've played the bad guy you know i'm, I'm the person that everyone thinks i absolutely hate like certain companies because i will call them out on their mistakes and just say mm-hmm. like i need you to do better i don't know why you're celebrating right now this is still a, a huge issue and it makes the show more engaging because while everyone else is saying, oh, good job, good job, good job, I'm like, why is everybody clapping? This isn't right. And people are like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> like, like yeah. something's different here. Uh, so, I mean, if I can have fun with it and I can bring people out of this idea of like, wait, I'm not on, a, I'm not on CNN or, you know, some show like that. I'm, I'm here having fun with someone. Like, let's do this.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I can really resonate with that because I just taught an ethics class, right, as part of my day job. And my, my role in that ethics class was not to tell people how to think ethically, like not to say like, you need to think about this in this way, because I mean, that, that doesn't do them any good. And it's just not, it's not the right thing to do in my mind, but it's like, my goal was to kind of play devil's advocate that whole class and say, did you think about it from this perspective? Have you considered it from this perspective? Well, no, no, no. I just, I completely disagree with you. And, and it was like, it added so much to it. So I, yeah, I mean, the, the point you're making is like, it's so valuable that there are these different things we take on to make the whole product better. Like I like that. I like that a lot.
1: And, and it gives you the ability to be a champion for the things that you care about. And, and again, that's why I have my own channel. That's why I love what I do as an advocate, because if I can't talk, if it's not productivity focused, if it's not, you know, automation focused or whatever, well, then I throw some data on it and I make it a conference talk and I talk about, you know, problems with systemic racism and and you know crazy hot button topics which you didn't opt into to, to make your topic a platform for so I'll, I'll i'll keep those to myself there but like you know it's great when i can i can give a conference talk about what it's like to be you know an underrepresented person but also have AT, adhd and ptsd and you know i might not I might think I'm the only person that has those two things, but I'm not. I know I'm not, but it often feels like I am. And being able to find those individuals and say like, hey, this guy just got on a stage with with hundreds of people watching him and said, you know, I've got mental health issues and I'm currently not medicated for them, but doing all of that has made me who I am today. And here's why all of these are a strong point in my career, in my talent set, then it encourages that other person to do the same thing, or at least look at themselves a little bit better. And, you know, to me, like, that's the greatest thing. I've always wanted just, to just have conversations with people, and not every conversation has to be about a new phone. And, and mm. I love that even in a space where people just want to hear about the latest and greatest in technology and news and productivity and stuff, I can go, well, hold on. Let's, let's have a historical look at like over policing in areas and doing things like that. And they go, wait, what, how does that, how is that relevant? And it goes, well, I'm glad you asked. And then pull out a, you know, a Tim cook level chart (laughs) of
0: things. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, yeah, that's great. Like you got me, you got my brain, brain going in a bunch of different places right now, which I like. So, some nice work. Um, all right. So if 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 you had to give, are, are there anything we missed? Let's let's ask that question first. Like when it comes to talking to the internet, you know, you got your blog, you got the pitch show, you got conduit, you got your YouTube channel. Is there anything we've missed that you know is a way or a mechanism in which you con- in which you talk to the internet?
1: I think more than anything, the the idea of talking to the internet, or you know, community, like that whole community aspect. What are the what are the challenges of that? What are the the dangers of that? I mean, that's that's something that I'm I'm constantly aware of. Like I said, I I cover a lot of different areas. Um, some of those areas are areas where not everyone is treated the same, and mm-hmm. it's a problem, and it's something that we you know I try to work on. But being able to create spaces for people to have those conversations that you want to are so important. And I think that that's why, you know, that is why I have all of these things, you know, for people who don't want to or don't have time to listen to a podcast. Well, once a decade, you get a newsletter post. I mean, you know, (laughs) every, you know, every, every couple of months, a new YouTube video comes out or. If you don't catch me on, you know, Conduit, you can catch me on some other channel or you can see me on like, you know, around YouTube or on Twitter. And it's like making community where you are is so important, but also understanding that you need to be able to venture out a little bit can be super helpful. And I mean, I guess, you know, if we were to say, like, is there any advice for for someone getting started? Like, I think that's. That's probably a good one is like, go to where your community is, but don't be afraid to also reach your community exactly where you are as well.
0: All right. So, so what does that look like in, in practice In in your mind, if you're going to, if you're going to go to your, go to the community and reach them where you are, help me, help me with what that looks like in practice.
1: So I'm an, I'm an analogies person or I'm an examples person. So I, I have an example here um, in Tetris um, there are there's like modern Tetris and there's classic Tetris. Um, mm-hmm. The rule set changes based on what you're playing. I play classic Tetris. I have a Nintendo Entertainment System, like the old school one with the red and yellow cable that you plug into the back of your TV. One of the things that happened was they always met in Portland uh, once a year to do the, the classic Tetris World Championships. And a few problems happened. Obviously, like I said, the last few years, it's kind of been hard to go in person and gather. Um, mm-hmm. But... How do, you, how do you even begin to work on that process? So what they did was they said, we're going to go online. You know, we're going to start doing digital classic Tetris events where you have to use a capture card and all this other stuff. And what happened was, was two things. The age of competitors drastically dropped. So now the world champion, the two-time world champion is 14 years old
0: no way
1: yeah the back-to-back world champion is 14 years old and the second best player in the world is his brother wow who's a year older um they've developed an entirely new way of using the controller to exponentially increase the score So, like, before, when meeting in person, if you got a million points, the game isn't capped. The the game caps out at 999999. Uh So, like, you could not get a million points by the definition of the game, but you could keep playing. And they found ways to work around that so that they could score beyond a million. The highest scores were, like, 1.1, 1.2 million. In two years, the score jumped from 1.2 to 1.4, which was, like, unheard of a month ago the first 2.1 million score by a human being was recorded using a new way to hold the controller and actually be able to play at a faster like a faster rate of play than what was thought to be possible before and it's it's insane because Had they not gone to that community, had they not embraced online, had they just said, well, we're going to wait a couple of years and we'll see you in Portland if you, you know, in 2022, hopefully, then this stuff may have still happened, but there wouldn't have been anyone, any place to talk about it. Mm -hmm. There wouldn't have been any place to showcase it. I mean, you have hundreds of people now deploying a new technique in in a game that people don't think of on a daily basis. Yeah, 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 So to me, it was like, it's the same thing of like, if you're, if you're doing something like, sure, do it the way that you're doing it, but don't be afraid to reach out to where others are and say, Hey, I'm doing this thing because there, there may be a completely fundamentally different way of doing it. And, and that's, that's what I mean by like conduit isn't what it is without the discord community that's there it would have been a completely different show it would have evolved into a different show it evolved to fit its surroundings and the discord became the the fundamental piece to what conduit is yeah. and kathy and i weren't planning for that to happen but because we went to where our audience was it changed what the show became for the better
0: yeah it's it's like the the truest sense or the you know the the most direct sense of why diversity matters right like why and I don't mean diversity in the the cliche sense I mean diversity in all aspects of diversity right like because it allows all of those different voices to come in and be part of the space instead of limiting certain voices for in in one way or another so that yeah that's a really that was a really good example Uh, that helped me that helped me a lot. Okay, so you talk to the internet a lot, you, know, you have a lot of experience with it, you've done it in different ways. If you're gonna give advice to people who either wanna get started, or you know, they're feeling a little bit of a lull and they, they need encouragement to keep going, what, what kind of advice or encouragement do you give them?
1: Um, so the first one that I'll give them is a really cr- concrete one. Do the things you love for free. Don't worry about growing the audience because growing the audience will come with its own baggage. Develop your skill set and get paid to do it. And I I've been super, you know, oh, 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 everything's great, everything's amazing here. But I say that for one reason. I built a bunch of things that I loved that I wanted to build just because I wanted to build them people saw that and said, "Hey, can you build that thing for me?" And then they started paying me to build the things that I wanted to that they wanted me to build. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to tell someone no than it is to tell yourself no. So, when you make the thing that you want to make because you want to make it, it's great because you're excited, you're happy. And I will tell anyone that's even considering getting into podcasting. The second you start worrying about growing your audience, it becomes about that Mm. and not about, am I doing the show that I want to do? Or am I doing the show that needs to be made? Our, our show has sponsors, but I mean, to be fair, there are plenty of other shows that are probably better for getting those sponsors. And I'm okay with that because honestly, I feel like our members, our members were excited when we got, when we did our first ad read, they were like, wow, that means the show's doing really great. That's awesome. (laughs) You know? But if you go on YouTube, the second you put out a video and you say, you know, Hey, this video is brought to you by, you're going to get people that are upset just because that you, just because you got a sponsor and, It doesn't seem fair because I've I've done videos where I joked about like this video sponsored by nobody but if you're interested give me a call (laughs) like someone was like oh that's so refreshing a video that someone did just because they wanted to do it and it's like well yeah but also I can't pay my bills with what I want to do so like make things because you want to make them but when you're ready or you feel like you should be getting paid to make things that make things for other people that way you can say this is a job and I'm just doing it because it's a job. Mm -hmm. And when the job is done, if I don't want to do it anymore, I don't have to do it anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks. That's, that's good advice. You've given me like a lot of stuff to process here. So I'm, I'm very like in my own head right now, which is a good thing. But at the same time, when I'm, trying to host a show and move us forward yeah. I,
1: I i don't ever like giving someone homework especially on their own show <laughs> but once you process it make sure you tweet at conduit you know hashtag mike my, my conduit and uh tell us what you're going to do with that
0: yes we'll do we'll do thanks thanks for that um all right so let's move into the unlightening round so uh jay the unlightening round here's what we're going to do the reason it's called the unlightning round is because it should be the lightning round, but everybody is terrible. Everybody is really bad at answering these questions quickly. So just do your best, get them answered as fast as you can, and I'll edit it to make it seem like it went really fast.
1: You're getting one word answers. <laughs> so here
0: is the first question in the unlightning round What is your favorite thing to consume on the internet right now? Podcasts oh you gotta give me more than that like what what (laughs) podcast come on okay well done well played sir i
1: i love podcasts that are about nothing that i do um you know shows that just showcase people's passion for a thing that's like the thing that makes me really excited like Um, food safety talk, you know, stuff like that. Risky or not is like one of my favorites. And it's literally two food scientists taking in concepts about like, Oh, what if this food is left out on the counter for this long? Like, is it risky or not? And it's like, sure. Should I care about this? Probably. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to be like, did you know that, you know, (laughs) E. Coli, you know, it's so yeah, just stuff like that. I love learning, um, I've been listening to the greens a lot lately uh, um, and and like getting smarter, like smarter every day, the YouTube channel. Like it's, it's all stuff that's just like, who needs to know this? And it's like, well, I don't need to know it, but it's kind of nice to know plus trivia stuff. You know, that's always fun.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that we are smarter every day, kindred spirits. The engine, the engineering side of me just, I mean, the, the one, did you the the laminar flow one? Where, or yes. where he does the 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 circle and the colors all spread out, and then he reverses it and they all come back together.
1: I mean, even recently, the one that he did about the idea of like how do you fi- like shooting a ball, shooting a baseball subsonic uh-huh. um, first or supersonic, supersonic, which yeah. is amazing. Uh-huh. Um, the engineering involved to just make a baseball cannon, um, but then also. Getting into the detail of how do you shoot a baseball moving at Mach one into a mirror so that you can film it, yes, and like not just using low like slow speed cameras, but like angling the camera to point at the mirror to look like the ball is moving towards the camera, like that. It's it's stuff like that that when you see it, you're just like, this is this is amazing. Like this is, this is fantastic. And, and again, it's no one's ever going to tell you to make a video that focuses on that.
0: Question number two, who's an up and coming creator that we should all check out.
1: Mm, so like so like
0: smarter every day doesn't count right like, he's been around too long you don't count you've been around too long so who's who's an up and <laughs> i'd like <coming>? to count <laughs> no, who's up and coming right like so somebody brand new or at least new to the community
1: i am going to promote uh a discordian actually no i'm, I'm gonna do this i'm gonna i'm gonna point out a couple of people uh, I'm going to point out Maddie a friend of the show Maddie who does a show with Rosemary Orchard and Izzy Miller and the reason I'm going to point out Maddie as, as the person is that Maddie is so it reminds me so much of like me that I was like okay there's going to be so much coming out of out of out of her that's not here yet, and and mm. she's a mod in the Relay FM Discord. Like she's well in the Relay space. People who listen to Relay stuff or that are members of Relay know who she is. But from what I know, this is her first podcast. It's called Above the Mess. Um, if you like Conduit, you'll love Above the Mess. They're very much two uh, shows from the same vein, and it's talking about more of the the weirdness in trying to be creative and trying to be productive in those ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to point that one out, but I'm also going to point out um a few folks over in Mike Hurley's podcast mentorship group. Mm. And that's because one everyone in there is my friend and they're absolutely amazing. You have people who have been who are in many different stages of their life. Some are still in school, some are well into their career some are doing their second show some are like me where they've been podcasting for ages um but uh, mike has done a really wonderful job in bringing people who have wanted to grow as podcasters in and just giving them mentorship and giving them wisdom and advice and to be fair i felt like i had a good advantage of getting conduit on relay fm because i had been talking to mike for a year about what kind of podcast he he like yeah. looks for when it comes to like a, a good show um so yeah i cheated but you know i oh well, uh, oh well. Um, it worked out yeah so podcastmentorship.net. we just we're doing a project now where we've uh we had a micro topic uh we were talking about who our heroes are and everyone released an episode mine was the the first one and Honestly, I will say everyone else's was so much better. Um, so anybody that's in that group, listen to podcastmentorship.net, um, the, the podcast. And again, I'll send you a link for that. And, uh, yeah, just keep an eye on anybody in that group.
0: Wonderful. You're the first human on Mars. You're only allowed to take one thing to read, listen to, or watch the entire time you're on Mars. So it's, it's one thing. It can be a series of a show. It can be an album, right? Something like that. What is the one piece of content that you're taking to watch over and over or listen to?
1: I think it would be, let me, let me, uh point of clarification. So if it was something like a podcast, would it be like the entire collection of a podcast or just one episode? You
0: could have the entire collection of that one podcast.
1: If I could have the entire collection and it, like, obviously nothing new, um it would probably be the entire collection of trivial warfare. It's like 300 it's like 350 episodes now of just trivia. Um I love trivia. I think it's it's awesome. Um and I feel like I would never learn the answers to all the questions nice. <laughs> to be fair. Nice. So it would give me plenty of things to do. Um I almost want to put an honorable mention because the first thing that came into my head was camp the album from uh donald glover um mm-hmm. i don't know why that album in particular but that one definitely was the first that popped into my head so i'll say after thinking about it you know trivia podcast because lots of answers lots of questions mm-hmm. um but just if i were if i had to like go now and just grab something uh, it probably would have been camp by a uh, childish gambino
0: Nice. All right. Last question in the Unlightning round as a developer and developer advocate, what is one technology that you'd like to see implemented as soon as possible?
1: Hmm. NF, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as soon as possible, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with like, so there's a, there's a comic that I've, I've, followed since 2007 called questionable content um and the long story short on that one is it's a it's takes place in a world focused around a group of friends um and this is a world where humans and robots are equal they're equal citizens um sentience has happened they didn't kill us you know and (laughs) in the end basically we coexist with one another um i have literally watched a toaster become a moving and interacting you know robot that has a job um is a functioning member of society contributes to to the ethical treatment of of robots and ais so as much as i'm sure some people will be afraid I I embrace our superior robot overlords, but I ask that they would live in coexistence with us and that we can live as equals.
0: Okay, all right. Well, okay, so Jay, congratulations. You've made it through the Unlightning round. You've made it through the episode of Talking to the Internet. I wanna thank you for coming on. If you're going to point people to a place to learn more about you, where are you gonna point them to, and where where would you like them to go?
1: I'd like them to follow me on Twitter because I feel like that's going to be the place that gets updated the fastest. I did do some automation stuff on my website um, that as a developer I made myself. Thank you very much. Um, So maybe my website kjaymiller.com. You can find me on all the social media places at the same kjaymiller all one word. Um, Twitter is where I have the most conversations that are not in our discord. Um, if you want to give me money, become a Relay FM member, um, and we can talk there too. Uh, but if you want to talk to me for free, Twitter's the place for that.
0: Fantastic, uh, Jay. Thanks again for being on the show. Um, for the folks out there, uh, thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about the podcast, you can go to talkingtotheinternet.com, dot See who else we've interviewed, um, or you can follow follow us on Twitter at uh, at t t t i podcast. Um, thanks for coming. Thanks for learning with us, and uh, look forward to next time. Bye bye.